0: Okay, so in Henrico County, Virginia, all right, there's this guy who um, on August 11th, he went door to door in a neighborhood. He's wearing a television mask, his, it's like a helmet that looks like a television, and he left 50 cathode ray tube televisions on the porch of one on the porch of each home. Um, he would just walk up to the stairs, a bunch of people who have like rings or like video surveillance caught him. Like he's wearing a mask that looks like a television, a helmet. You can look this up on the Washington post. Um, it happened just recently, but he walks up, he leaves a cathode ray tube television on, on their, on their porch. And then he walks away and he does it. He did it to 50 homes in the neighborhood. So what? Um,
1: what kind of TV are you saying? A what? CRTs, cathode ray tubes. Those are like,
0: but not flat screens.
1: The old um, ones,
0: like the old kind. Um, wow. CRTs. That,
1: that weighed like a hundred pounds.
0: Yeah, they're heavy. I mean, they're not huge ones that he's leaving, but like he just he left a television on each of their porches. I have no one knows who he is or why he did it or what it means. Um, I so. don't recommend it. Someone might think it's a bomb or something. I guess, but, um, but. So.
1: Yeah. So wait, uh, h- how long ago did this happen?
0: This happened, uh, we're recording this on August 15th. This happened four days ago on August 11th.
1: Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And so like you said, people had like the ring doorbell and so they were able to capture this on video. They saw yeah. Is that what she said. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy.
0: So they, how about that for a fun fact? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I guess maybe it doesn't really have anything to do with money management. These don't, I guess they don't have to, Necessarily be related to the um, topic. Well, they're the not.
0: If you want it to be fun. I'm not going to be able to. Like, like. Well,
1: there can be fun things. Like, like, I think maybe this one is fun. I just, I think I, I <laughs> Google, <laughs> get ready for yes. some fun, Kurt. Um, this was, I think I just did kids and money. And of course, Dave Ramsey's blog came to the top. And uh, the title of this article is um, 15 Ways to Teach Kids About Money.
0: Why are you? This is not a fun fact. This is like what we're about to podcast about. Yeah,
1: but but it's a, it serves as a segue. It's kind of you know making a little. Well, what
0: is the fun fact?
1: I'm about to I'm about to tell you, Kurt. Here it is. Okay. The number one is to use no. a. <laughs> what?
0: This you're going to go through the numbers? That that's no. That's
1: I'm the, just doing one. I'm just doing one. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to read all fifteen. Um, (laughs) And number 13, I mean, could you imagine just how, man, that'd be terrible. Number one is to use a clear jar to save. He says, the piggy bank is a great idea, but it doesn't give kids a visual. When you use a clear jar, they see the money growing. Yesterday, they had a dollar bill and five dimes. Today, they have a dollar bill, five dimes, and a quarter. Talk through this with them and make a big deal about it growing. So that's... That's the fun fact. fun fact. Isn't that fun? I mean, you just think of a clear jar, and it's just, you know, it just gradually over the days, they're just waking up, running to the jar, and they see how it grows. That's that. I, Kurt, that's fun in our household. Does that not fun to you?
0: One thing that I think is clear is that we are not settled on what the definition of a fun fact is.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, are we? I mean, if we think of, like, the Snickers fun size, I mean – Come on. It's tiny. That's not fun. So like our, our society, we don't know what the size of fun is or what the definition of fun is. It's different for everyone, right, Kurt?
0: I, I don't even, I'm, I'm undone right now. I have no idea how to respond. Okay. <laughs> so we're supposed to talk about money, but before we do that, how about we let Joe Vegan take us in?
1: That's a good idea.
0: okay welcome back john and i are still trying to work out what is a fun fact and what is john just looking up the topic and reading one hey for,
1: for the record kurt i told you with this new segment that our fun fact was going to be related to the main topic of the episode
0: See, that's not fun to me. <laughs>
1: but, but what we're doing sometimes, I mean, with our conversation, we're getting into the weeds on things. We're highlighting some challenges. We're highlighting some difficulties. We're highlighting some, you know, practical advice. But with every topic, there's got to be something fun you can you can get out of it, something different. Well, I guess I just
0: thought fun fact was a stand-in for, like, banter. And banter could be about anything. Uh,
1: um, how about since this is our show. We can just make that what we want. It can be related to so what,
0: happens when, what happens when we both like, so I'm just going to keep doing random things and yours are going to be connected to what we're talking about.
1: So you, you might do random things, but then you might get lured in by something where you're like, you know what? This is related to the topic and it is a little <laughs> yeah. fine. So I'm you're not- going to win
0: me over. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You're like, you're like, but I'm just going to, my facts are going to be so fun. And he's going to be like, I, I got to get on this time,
1: train. Time will tell, Kurt. Time will tell. Okay. So speaking of time,
0: uh, we need to get with it and talk about money and specifically about money management. And uh, I will tell the listeners that John said uh, beforehand that he is terrible with money, um, and that explains why he is always dressed in an Armani suit when we do these podcasts. But,
1: <laughs> I'm just yeah. uh, Aziz Ansari's character on uh, Parks and Recreation, Tom Haggleford, isn't that it? Haverford. Haverford. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Just how he just spends money crazy. No, look, I did tell Kurt that that I'm terrible with money. Part of it, and this is just some people can say this is an excuse, but. Uh my wife was a finance major. She was a branch manager of a bank. She loves spreadsheets. The branch <laughs> she she is very gifted uh with with numbers, with with money, and so um utilizing her gifts we're we a team. And so yeah, she does <laughs> and by
0: team she does all the work and John just sits back <laughs> and and makes it rain. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but but no, I'm I'm not gifted in this area. I mean, all my cards on the table. This is definitely, um, yeah, an area of struggle for me. So, Kurt, I'm here to learn from you. Teach us.
0: Okay. Well, I'm not actually not gifted in this area, but I'm naturally um, just super tight. Uh, All my friends know that I don't like to spend money, and uh, so, but that is that's that's one helpful part of managing money and what we're really talking about is not how we manage our money there's a lot of places you can go to get information on that we've already mentioned dave ramsey so uh and maybe his predecessor larry burkett as well as a lot of other people that we could talk about but um but really this is about how to teach your children to manage money how and you know i I guess we would say right off the bat is that we are, uh, we're coming at this from a biblical perspective and we know that the love of money is the root of all evil and that money has a way. It's not money that we worship. No one really loves money. Money is gross. I was a bank teller, uh, and part-time in college, uh, for many years. And, uh, I used to handle money all the time. Um, I've held like you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in my hand, which is, kind of cool, I guess, but money is gross. It's gross. It's dirty. It's, um, it's just disgusting. What people love about money is what it can do for you, what you can, um, uh, uh, what you, what you can obtain with it. It's a, it's an avenue through which we pursue, uh, our real idols, whether it's security or influence or popularity or, uh, you know, the feeling of having, uh, you know, something new, whatever it is, So uh, we're coming at that from a biblical perspective, and it's going to be very important for us to model that. I think right off the bat, we have to say is that if we don't manage our money well, then our children will not manage their money well. And we can't expect them or ask them to manage money well if we don't model for them. It's just like when we've talked about with cell phones. You know, if you're always on your cell phone, if you're always looking at Instagram or Facebook, then don't expect your children uh, to be able to handle those things well either. Because we have to, we have to model what we're going to teach. Uh, children uh, do, uh, children uh, observe just as much as they're taught, and um, and so well, we need to we need to do that. And uh, that I, I would break that down into a couple of different uh, categories. The first is is that um how we talk about money um and and that we talk about money that you need to talk about money with your children they need to understand how money works i remember being a child and my mom telling me that i couldn't have some toy cuz she didn't have money and i said well just go to the bank and get some you know now i was like you know three or four she used to love this story and i you can always just go to the bank and get some money and She said, well, that's not how it works. You have to put your money in the bank. And that was the beginning of her explaining to me exactly how our children need to understand this. And the easiest way to do that, which we've already kind of hinted at, is the piggy bank or the saving, paying them, um, giving them their own money that they can see grow over time. And, and that they can manage themselves. But I guess the first thing is, is that we have got to have our houses in order um, in order to put their houses in order. And if your house is not in order, there's a lot of places you can go. I'm not gonna do a Dave Ramsey or Larry Burkett or you know, financial peace commercial here, but uh, something like that is very good. I'll recommend it to everyone who get, who's you know, getting married, is that uh, you need to be on the same page financially, if that makes sense. If you're not on the same page, it causes a lot of problems, doesn't it, John?
1: Yeah, that's well said, Kurt, for sure. And and if we think back to, you know, seasons one and two of this podcast, we talked about discussing topics through a creation, fall, redemption, restoration uh, kind of framework. And and so, uh, yeah, definitely as we're, we're approaching this topic, we want to be passing along a biblical worldview to our children um, that at a young age, I mean, you can have all sorts of conversations about money uh, to help them think about it, to know that, um, as we, you know, talked about family time last week, uh, to see that in these times with with our our children, we're we're giving them just a perspective on this world that they're in, and uh, you know, really as we begin this conversation, I think you know an important uh, concept to have in mind is just the, the notion of stewardship. Um, just talking about money, you know, from this idea of stewardship uh, to me just communicates so much because it's telling our children, it's reminding us that our money is ultimately not ours, it's it's God's. Um, I mean, one very small thing that I've done, Curtis, I admit that I'm just ignorant in this area is, you know, at, at church on, on Sundays is giving our, our children an, an offering to place in the in the plate. And, and, you know, this can be one penny. It doesn't have to be much of anything, but what I I would do when I, the, the Lord just, I don't know, put this on my heart at an early age of being a father was, you know, as I hand the coin to my child, I'll say, whose money is this? And they'll say God's. And so I just think from an early age, they have to see, you know, God is the reigning, he's the king, he's enthroned, he's ruling over all creation. And so he owns our time, he owns our money, he owns our homes, everything we have is is his. And just again, that teaches our children, this ultimately belongs to him. And so what we need to be thinking, how are we spending, you know, God's money. And so, you know, as we have this discussion, I think that's just kind of the, maybe the foundation to start on of talking about God's sovereignty and and stewardship that God owns everything. Excuse me. You okay?
0: No, I'm fine. I completely agree. And I think it's, uh, you know, I think one of the cool things that can happen with uh, your child is that, and we're kind of leaking into like tips and advice when you talk about like giving them money, but like when, you know, when they graduate from you handing them some money to put in the plate to you, like before we leave for church saying, hey, go to your bank and get a dollar that you're going to that you're going to go put in the plate. Um, but, you know, th- there's a lot of like uh, th- this having this conversation. This is you know, we talked when we talked about the talk, uh, I think, which is one of our, our more popular episodes. But we talked about having the talk with your student about sex we said, like, it's not just the talk. It's a series of talks over time. And I think that it's true about money as well, is that because this is going to bring up a lot of issues, no matter how old your student is, to talk about money. One of the things is like, you know, well, they're going to ask, well, you know, well, how do you get money? Well, that's why I go to work. You know, well, how does so and so get more money than you um, or less money than you, um, you know, and. Uh, you know, is it okay to talk about that? Um, It's not socially, you know what I mean? Like, so these are things like, but they don't know these cues, you know what I mean? Like um, they don't understand and you're going to have to explain these things to them. And so their age and their, their, you know, where they are in life is going to dictate how you talk about money with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But on the personal side, I think it's very important early on to show them, one, to give them things to do so that they can earn some money. Um, to understand that money can be given, but most of the time it's earned. And then that, uh, and that when you give them the money, allowing them, giving them an opportunity uh, to give their money back to the church. Um, In other words, and giving them an opportunity to tithe so that they can get into that pattern even early on, I think is a very important practice for, for, uh, for parents. You want your student you want your your child whether they're 8 or whether they're 18 you want them uh, to give their own money to the church because that really does uh, reinforce the idea that it wasn't their money ever in the first place it was it was God's money the whole time so yeah um, and it, yeah.
1: and I think maybe more on Thursday we'll get into maybe the concept of allowance you know which would get into mm-hmm. tithing as well and what we can be uh, teaching our children about that but I don't know about you Kurt but what's been I mean, to kind of go off one of your points is it it has been surprising to me how much money will come up in a conversation with my young children. I mean, I can think of, I mean, my five-year-old now, and and this happened with several of my kids when, I mean, actually this happened this morning. Uh, My my son came in, five-year-old, and wanted to play a card game with me. And I said, oh, I'd love to, but daddy's got to go to work. And he just... Starts whining and and wants me to stay home and wants me to to play a game, and I would say, look, Daddy has to go to work. And you know, if they just continue to whine, I'd say, do you like staying in this house? Do you like having food on the table? Well, look, do you like having
0: cards? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So it's like, Daddy, I, far? <laughs> exactly. So what we're teaching at a young age, okay look, we have these things because of money. We had to purchase these things. They didn't come free. And then we have to, like you said, most of our money is earned. We have to work for it to be able to put these things there. And so even, you know, at a very young age teaching our children this concept of, okay, money and currency and, you know, these things didn't just, we didn't just get to walk in a store and grab them and walk out that they had to be paid for and, yeah, um, you know the the idea of savings. I mean that these are there's so many um, topics we can start to yeah. to bring up here.
0: Can I um I, I'll, I'll steal this from a family
1: that uh, we
0: haven't entered this stage. Uh, my oldest child never used a pacifier, so uh, that was not his thing. So um, we didn't have to do this. But there was while he was you know younger. There was a family in front of us that had, uh, back in Tupelo, that had three boys. And they had this tradition, talk about paying for things and teaching them early on that, like, things have cost. Is that when they got ready for their child to uh, get off the pacifier, they would take them to Toys R Us. By the way, RIP, Toys R Us. I don't think they exist Mm, anymore. Sad. Very sad. I know, man. I can't tell you how, like...
1: I, the other day, I saw the giraffe just on the street, like begging for money. It was really, really sad, tragic. I think uh, he had a couple of tattoos. It's, it's a, it's
0: a good look for you to make fun of homeless people. That's
1: <laughs> making fun of a giraffe. Come on, Kurt. Uh,
0: okay, fair, fair enough. But <laughs> the, uh, he's turned to drugs. The, uh, <laughs> no, I to I say that he, uh, the giraffe, <laughs> the giraffe, going to Toys R Us when I was a child was like. <sighs>
1: like Close you just to like walk, Disney World.
0: Yeah, that you walk in, they make you walk past all like all these toys just to get into the store. And uh, oh man, I could just re- even remember, even right now, as a thirty-nine-year-old human, I can remember the smell of walking into Toys R Us, like mm-hmm. and just. But they would take their child to Toys R Us, and they said they could pick out any toy they wanted. Um, but when they left, that they had to pay for it with their pacifier and they would never get it back. Um, and wow. you know, uh, that, uh, that was such a, it's such a neat thing that, you know, that, that's not really, that's about, you know, putting away a childish thing. It's not really well, about money.
1: I, I don't but know. It, same, it has um, to do with value. I mean, th- that's yeah. good.
0: Yeah. It, it, it's, it's such a great lesson. Uh, this family is the Henson's, um, that, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll shout them out and I'm sure that they read it somewhere. I'm, 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 pretty sure they didn't come up with this, but, um, they, uh, although I wouldn't be surprised, they're both intelligent and super athletic too. They've got everything going for them. So, um, but the, uh, uh, the idea of cost that everything that we get has a cost. Now that's a very important principle to have in in mind, not only to deal in society and to deal with money, but also to think about the gospel and about redemption and how redemption has a cost as well, that everything that we receive, that we, that it costs us something, even something that we receive for free still has a cost. Um, and it's just not paid by us. It's paid by someone else. So, just that idea in and of itself, I think you know that I just always really appreciated that, and I think our younger child does take a pacifier, so I know, and he's not quite ready to give it up yet. We keep talking about giving it up, but it's, um, but that's something that we've talked about is you know teaching them that like look, you know when you want something that's good, but everything has a cost, um, whether you pay it or not. So
1: now that, that's a good idea. I mean, just about the pacifier thing too, and I might actually try that with our youngest because we're. We're definitely getting to that that age, but but it kind of goes along with the concept. I mean, if we kind of want to apply this to our time, you know, whenever you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else, and the mm-hmm. whole you know idea of FOMO, fear of missing out. Look, if you're Opportun-
0: opportunity cost is the principle that you're describing, which yeah. is uh, anytime that you, I mean, you probably already knew that, but that's a business school thing, like first year macro and microeconomics but like that means it's like any dollar that you spend or any minute that you spend doing one thing is a minute and a dollar that you can't spend doing anything else so the cost is not only what it costs like the time or the money but it also what you would have done with that time of money if you weren't doing it as well and that's called opportunity cost it's really one of the only things that I remember from the business school at Mississippi State but it's really valuable thing that I've applied to my life Pretty much every day, so.
1: <laughs> now that's good, um, very good. Uh, yeah, so I mean, kind of applying that to uh, to money. I mean, when you say yes to this purchase, you're saying no to other purchases because you're giving this money away and investing in this item, whatever it is, and that means you cannot have those those other items. So I think just that alone, if it's a pacifier, if it's a five dollar bill, whatever it is, at a young age, just giving those principles to our. Our children, and, and I think too, maybe a caution here is you know, with, with Amazon, how and you know, that's <laughs> that's why we don't have Toys <laughs> Toys R Us anymore. Um, it's becoming so easy to just oh, get this, get this, get this of you know, oh, having, having items just scheduled to, to deliver, and my, we're losing my, that concept.
0: My, my children, my older son will say, Mama, will you go on Amazon, and look up and see if they have this? Like, so he understands. Um, that part of it. So you're, you're, you're definitely like right on it with uh, the idea that, that this idea, I think my son thinks about Amazon the way that I thought about the bank when I was little, it's just like, Oh, this is where we get things mm-hmm. Um, if we're not careful. And,
1: and, but, and so I've been convicted just how quickly and easily we can spend money. And of course that's Amazon's de- design. You know, you don't have it have to be, you know, dressed and get in the car and leave and go walk down the aisle you just sit there and then obviously you've got the one-click purchase and it's just becoming so easy to get things and you know get them quickly, you don't have to wait anymore. And I know they're testing out drones to where you can get same day delivery and and all that stuff. And so we just, as parents, as technology advances, we need to be thinking about. I mean, one again, just this is God's money; it's not ours. We have to be cautious of how much we we spend, even though these. New technologies are making it easier to spend, Um, but we also need to think about, you know, Kurt, I know um, there's a lot of services that are starting to be created to where um, you can loan things, that you don't have to actually purchase items anymore, that you can just, you know, get borrow tools from people and they'll deliver it and then you use it a little bit and then you can just ship it back you don't have to actually purchase it and so you know even thinking of that that actually could be a wiser way to spend money if you're thinking okay well i'm working on this one project and i don't think i'm ever going to use this tool again i can just rent it and oh get that happens
0: that happens all the time i mean you think about like trench diggers uh what some people call ditch witches or um they, um there's a lot of uh there's a lot of things that happen like that. I was saying, um, when we talk about like the principles of, uh, of, the principles of money management with our children, um, I think it's really important for us to model saving uh, to them. Um, because you talk about, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of opportunities to just instantly get things. And, uh, and so it's important for them uh, to have this idea that, Uh, That they save uh, that, you know, I'm going to save up this money so that like this is something I'm working for like delayed gratification um, When it comes to money that that is an important aspect of what we're trying to model It's like look, okay We want this thing like and it can be you can do this You can talk about them with like vacation, you know, or what they want for Christmas or whatever it is You can say we want this thing. Okay, and we don't have the resources to acquire it right now but what we're going to do is over time we're going to save up and then at this date if we do our saving the right way we'll be able to have this thing and whatever it is and Uh, I think it's really good to get them in that mindset Uh, that will steer them away from the mindset of the credit card and debt and, you know, getting some or the car payment or the things where I have this thing and then I pay it off over time and ended up paying twice as much or more than twice as much what it's worth. So uh, it's good to, you know, to talk about those things, to talk about delayed gratification with your, with your kids so that they see like what things cost.
1: Yeah. I think that's such a good point. And Kurt, this is, I mean, getting in another area, but very much related is just this entire concept is being removed from this next generation. I mean, just getting into binge watching, you know, if you, if you think about that, I mean, I can just not the other night, um, uh, we were watching an episode of friends on Netflix, which we know Netflix is going to lose friends pretty soon. What
0: is it good? I've never heard of it. (laughs)
1: And so the season ended, um, with, I think it was Ross and, uh, Rachel getting married. It was an earlier season and they were in Vegas. And so the season ended with them Mm -hmm. getting married in Vegas. And the crazy thing was, was, I mean, I told Ashley, I said, people had to wait months to find out how that was resolved, you know, before the next season came out and just yeah. that whole concept is just foreign to our children. They, they just, okay, well, it ended this way. Well, let's finish watching this, this next episode, this next season, just the whole binge watching concept. And so bringing that kind of into money, I mean, the, the delayed gratification, I mean, that whole concept is somewhat absent and I think it is important as Christians that we, we need to, model that. We need to teach it. I mean, you know, let's just think about our Christian life. We know like we have treasures that are waiting for us in, in heaven. Um, but we're in the, you know, the already and the not yet we're waiting, you know, Jesus Christ has already come, but he has not yet returned where all these promises are fully realized. And so we are, we are waiting for those promises to be fulfilled. And so the concept of waiting, the you know concept of patience, um, we've got to be modeling that to our children. We we need to be withholding in some ways, um, to just help them understand this and, and grasp this concept.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, I think we're we're moving into tips and advice. We might be jumping into what we want to talk about Thursday, but but uh, but yeah, just the idea of saving and the idea of paying uh, for things as you know. Uh, for saving up and going without and then getting what we want. And I, I tell you where this is going to a lot of our listeners um, where this is really going to um, what makes this difficult. OK. And why you need to be having these conversations when they're younger is because they're going to be people in your child's life who don't have to save, um, who get um, who, who get stuff. Uh, who get really nice things just handed to them, and um, and, and it's going to be easy uh, to. I think it's that's an important moment to steer your child's heart. Um, and uh, it's there there can you can allow uh, bitterness, greed, covetousness, and envy. Um, you can foster that in them by the way that you handle that, um, and self righteousness as well. Uh, and maybe this is where we want to break. Um, and we'll talk about this uh, on Thursday.
1: Yeah, Kurt, I, I think that's that's a good point. Let, let's definitely spend a little more time thinking about greed and just how we can foster some of that. You know, I want to talk about savings a little bit more as well as allowance. Uh, Kurt, why don't you take us out and then, you know, remind people the little preview of our opening segment, Thursday's Thoughts. On that's the-
0: right. So um, Thursday, we'll, we'll be back Thursday. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll open Thursday with some un-un uh, un, uh, tipped questions. Some, unrehearsed, some maybe unrehearsed,
1: maybe unrehearsed.
0: Unrehearsed, yes. So we're not going to tip uh, tip each other to what we're going to ask, but we're going to do some unrehearsed questions on uh, on Thursday to open it up, and uh, and then we'll jump back into all this discussion and talk about what we do, how do we deal with uh, people who don't have to save, uh, or how do we guard our. Tr- children's heart against covetousness greed and all those kinds of things so anyway see you guys later